As women, we're conditioned to not speak up, to keep the peace, to build harmony at our own expense, to ignore our needs, to shut up and sit down and look pretty. But well-behaved women seldom make history and I'm tired of being quiet. Maybe you're here because you're trying to navigate your way out of a suppressed upbringing, or maybe you're here because you've been held back by this little heartbreaking thing called purity culture, or maybe you stumbled across this podcast by accident and you're surprised to hear someone speak the same thoughts you've been thinking for years. Whatever it is, I'm glad you're here. Let's ditch the good girl persona together. A super creator, visionary thinker, liberation-loving, inspiration-seeking, wisdom woman, chai devotee, disco tragic, and stand-up paddleboard enthusiast, Shannon Dunn is an international award-winning Australian businesswoman, retreat leader, and regularly sought out as a keynote speaker. She's author of the highly acclaimed The Thrive Factor, Unlock Your Effortless Success Zone, a book introducing you to her archetypal framework that activates profound personal permission and is changing the way businesswomen interact with themselves and the world by harnessing self-awareness as a superpower and transforming mindset, marketing, money, and magnetism innate strengths. Her new book, Braggadacious, is the art of bold self-celebration and will be available early 2022. Shannon coaches, teaches, and cheers smart and ambitious coaches, creatives, and impact makers ingenious businesswomen to turn their wisdom into profit, unlock their effortless success zone, break up with unhealthy hustle, and make rippling impact by embracing their inner rebel. She also leads a Thrive Factor Coach certification and has huge ambition to ripple thriving into the world in a big way. Did I read correctly? I was stalking you on Instagram because that was the easiest place to have a look beyond Facebook. <laughs> You're in Scotland, but where's home originally? Yes, uh, Texas was my uh, first home. And then my second home is Alaska. And then yeah. I'm now here uh, part time. Yeah, because yeah, I was listening to your accent on something on Instagram. I was like, that's definitely not Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no I, I, live, I live here for like six months out of the year and then you know, go back. So So how did, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I just, I just started in August. I just got here in August. Yeah. I just moved here and, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. We're working on, uh, you know, my options for moving here full time, but for now it's just kind of when I'm allowed to be in the country legally. (laughs) Well, see, that's it, right. Isn't it in the way that the world is these days with travel and things. So, I mean, where I am in Australia, we still can't leave the country, really. So, yeah, you guys are on much harsher lockdown, aren't you? Than any, yes and no. Um, in terms of international border closures, yes, really strict. Mm -hmm. And this is one of, I guess, the benefits and the the pros and cons about being in an island country is that we could close our border very easily because it was, you know, incoming on aeroplanes and cruise ships. Right. Um, but, you know, we don't have borders that, that cross, you know, that, that we're dealing with other countries. And, like, I even because yeah. I lived in the UK a long time ago, and even though the United Kingdom is an island, it's got pretty accessible traffic to Europe. <laughs> so, you know, yes. part of yes. thing, yeah. So 
Yeah, I'm on the west coast though, so in in Perth in Western Australia, and we. Okay. I'm so grateful because we are probably the one place in the world that has actually been very limited in how much we've been affected by COVID. Like that is amazing. Of, yeah, it is amazing, but that's because it's. I mean, the I live in the capital city of our state. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not densely populated like it is in the US, but it's, it's right. busy living growing up here and then you yeah. know, come back after traveling. But um, we, because of our isolation, we're quite a distance from the rest of Australia in many regards. Um, our and our like in our state government, the premier, who's the you know the top guy of the mm-hmm. state, he shut out our state border and keeps it closed to anyone in the rest of our country that vaguely looks like they've got active COVID cases. So <laughs> I don't go anywhere. And for someone like me who travels and travelled a lot with my work, like my business, it, it definitely has had been times of I'm grateful to have had all this freedom, but stop making me stay in one place. <laughs> Please, can I come out now? Yes, yeah. <laughs> You know, I was running international retreats in Bali and speaking internationally and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, you know, grateful for the, none of my fa- immediate family have been affected or anything, but I've got friends right. all over the world that have either had it or they've had friends and family pass from COVID. And so, you know, you're not completely yeah. isolated from it. You just haven't had to live with it with the wearing masks everywhere and that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, there there have been times when, we had to go to get tested because we were pretty sure that we had it. And I, I think that a lot of the time you can even get it without realizing that you have it. Nice. And, yeah. you know, some people just don't show those symptoms that other no, people do. Like right. for me, I had, a, I had a head cold and yeah. that's it, you know? And so yeah. it, it's completely different. And then of course, once you get the vaccine, then, then it shows it completely differently if you do get it after the vaccine. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, right? there's just so much yeah. uncertainty. And now, and now we've got the Omicron, um, yes. strain coming out yeah. and I think we've had a couple yeah. of cases here in in Glasgow yeah well it has hit the east coast of Australia on um passengers mm. that come via international flights from Africa so I mean you know that's it with even with our really tight borders we've still got that here it's same as yeah. everywhere else in the world so mm-hmm. it is quite fascinating and I've got my first career, I was a registered nurse very, very long time ago. So I've still got oh, wow. friends around the world who are nursing. And most of them are, you know, in management now or really top level kind of in, um, intensive care nurses. And most of them have had it, you know, they've, they've got it. Yeah. A lot of them did, you said, didn't realize their symptoms weren't that bad. But, you know, when they've been mm-hmm. tested and they found antibodies before they've had vaccines, so they know they've had it, particularly the yeah. ones that are in the UK, definitely all had it. I think it's very interesting that no matter how much you know, uh, it can't stop the virus from, you know, potentially entering your system. I think that's just a very interesting thing, you know, no matter how well you take care of your body or how you live your life, you know, at some point you may come in contact with it and that's just what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Such an interesting thing. The whole world talking about this one darn virus. I mean, it's it's, yes. impressive, it's the one time in a very long time that we've all had something common to talk about with our own yeah. varied experience. Yeah. I think as yeah. much as it tore a lot of people apart, I think uh, speaking from experience, it really impacted the end of my marriage. And then there were, yeah. I know a lot of people had, you know, um, divorces or breakups, yes. or they got together as a result of it. But 
you know, yes. this virus has really affected the world in positive yeah. ways that you can't see when you look at it from a surface level. You're like, oh, but you know, people are people are literally dying and it's and it's horrible. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the alternate, you know, impacts that it's making where there are people that are being pulled together because they now have something to talk yes, about. Right. Because now yeah. we have these this worldwide experience. You know, our kids are gonna grow up and talk about that one time when, you know, they were know. 10 and they had this happen, you know? I know. It's so interesting. So I um my marriage ended the middle of 2019. So before oh. all this started. But yeah. at the same time, I'm so grateful it did because if we'd still been together through all of this, like we wouldn't oh, have lasted very long. It would have been horrendous. Oh, man. Trapped in the same home together. Yeah. So like, <laughs> in summary from my own experience of the the gratitude I had in a whole different level for the fact that my marriage had ended the year before. <laughs> so, I think yeah. I, I think yeah. in 2019 uh, was when I asked for a divorce. And then he didn't actually end up moving out and getting his own place until uh, November, I believe it was, of 2020. So we did have that, like, I don't know what, eight, 10 months of of being stuck at home together. And of course, he was let go. Um, When all of the Black Lives Matter movement did, his company that he was working for felt uncomfortable because he was Black. And they let him go. Yeah. So... That was that was a really fun, horrible experience for him to have to go through. But then, you know, he was stuck at home and and then it was very like uh, it it was it was an interesting learning experience. I'll say that I feel like I I learned a lot about myself and how I react to situations. Yeah, (laughs) by being stuck in the same house with the person that you have you you have hurt by asking for a divorce. So and then they have hurt you. And it's just, you know, it's a very interesting situation. But um, I I am very excited to have you on the podcast because yeah. I was reading over your bio and I do the bio entry or intro separately from yeah, yeah, doing cool. this podcast recording. Um, and I was reading about how you were saying that you are, you, you kind of went through this quiet rebellion, um, yeah. you know, when you got, when you hit a certain age. And I think that that's really important to talk about because so many people think that this rebellion or like discovering yourself, it has to be loud and proud. And yes. sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's quiet. No. In fact, in what I've come to understand, I am going to be 50 next year, which I'm like, how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> at all. But it's really like, and looking at my clients who, you know, they're, they're all over the world, incredible women, but most of them are 40 plus now. And watching over the time, like I'm in my heading into my 16th year in business next year. So I've been coaching and working but prior to that in counseling and therapy. And so working with people for a long time. So as I've Mm -hmm. aged, my clientele have aged, but just the fascination with watching the way that mindset shifts, that determination shifts, that this quiet rebellion comes to life. And as I think I mentioned, maybe in my, my notes to you, a lot of them, myself included, are really recovering good girls. They they just are because yeah. we grew up in an era where, you know, you had to do the right thing. And now we're like, wait a second, who said? So, yes. Yeah. That's, and it's so funny because I joke about, I joke a lot about this, that my sense of humor or my, uh, you know, when you're trying to recall something and you can't think of the word and then like six yeah. hours later when you're sleeping, you wake up and you're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes it's a joke that hits me six hours later. And I'm like, hey, that was yeah. an insult. Um, but it's it's that same, <laughs> it's that yeah. same thing 
when you get in the years start passing and you're still doing the thing that you grew up Mm. uh, being told that you had to do. And when you get older, you're like, wait a second, this is not, this is not right. This doesn't feel good for me. No, no, that's it. And then with that comes a different level of confidence where it's like, I I don't have to do that. Exactly. (laughs) So, so yeah. I get to, I get to break free of this. What would you say that your clients who have come to you with that good girl conditioning, what would you say is probably the number one thing that they deal with as they're trying to break free of that? Is there's usually a voice of someone somewhere in their life, whether it's someone that was present in their younger life or maybe a a current, you know, key person, um, uh, an adult, uh, you know, I say adult figure, we're talking about adult women, but, you know, a, um, a parent, a grandparent who may be still alive, maybe not, uh, a partner or, you know, a key relationship where this, there's this kind of voice that kicks in and, you know, as they start to branch out and build their confidence, this voice will say, really, should you really do that? <laughs> Is that really the good thing to do? And it's, mm-hmm. I would I liken that also to the voice of the good girl that they were told to be or encouraged to be when they were growing up. You yeah. know, I think if I think about my, you know, background and my fascination with psychology and human behavior, I understand it often is coming from a place of trying to keep us safe but we get to a point where we're like, yeah, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. This is my life. I'm in control. Absolutely. Like I'm charting my own, my own course here and I'm going to do it my way. And I might not have all the answers and that's okay. I've got people to, you know, to learn from. I've got books to read, podcasts to listen to. I can go and do all sorts of things to upskill myself, to have a, a richer lived experience, not just a learned experience. I've got, you know, you just need one really good friend you could talk to to bounce ideas off. And some, but someone who's going to back you and say, yeah, you can with whatever the thing is that you want to do. So, yes, having a team of cheerleaders that are, yes. you know, you're around your age, uh, that you can text any time of day or night. I think that that's so incredibly important. I have a group message on my iPhone that is it says my best friends and I'm able to send them whatever is going on at that time and this uh ulterior person this this person in my head that Mm -hmm. talks to me when I'm when I'm not doing well or when I'm not performing at my peak you know my abilities she says you are you know you suck or you're horrible or this is because you didn't do xyz when you were a child or this is because you didn't go to college or whatever it is her name is Ethel and so when I, when I send my friends a message and I say, listen, Ethel's being a bitch today. And they're like, you know what, Ethel, listen, we need to sit down and we need to have a conversation. <laughs> That's so good, Ali. I love it. So there's that voice, but there's, so there's, there's definitely that voice that can be the voice of criticism and judgment and, you know, all the kind of not so good feelings that it can bring up. But then there's the other part of the voice and it may be a different voice or a different kind of a feeling or a, an energy within us. That's more of the, you know, the more we push and we're pushing our boundaries and, you know, doing bigger things and having bigger dreams that says, really, can you do that? And that doesn't, it's not done with the same judgment and criticism. It's just a questioning that makes us then potentially second guess ourselves and go into doubt and go, oh, yeah, maybe I won't do that. Maybe that's not a good idea. I'm like, no. Ego ego is incredible. It's there to protect you. It's there to 
It's there to bring up reasonable doubt. It's yes. there to bring up, you know, and sometimes, you know, literally the brain, our brain is conditioned. Our brain was created to protect us. So mm. our brain is going to continue telling us what could go wrong in any given situation. It's yeah. our job yeah. to look at it and say, okay, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, yes, okay. But, yes, there is fear here and it's reasonable because of, you know, my past, maybe the past trajectory, or maybe we've heard a story and our brain is like, okay, well, we've heard this story about this one time that this happened to this one person who yeah. chose to do this thing. And now we want to do this thing. And our brain is like, wait, 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 red flag, you know, and it's our job to look at it and assess the situation and say, this is, I'm still going ahead with this. And fear, you can sit, you can sit down. I love you, but you can sit down and let me do this, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. when you come out on the other side of it, yeah. yeah. When you sit, yeah. when you come out on the other side of it, you're like, I'm, I'm really grateful that I had that fear and that I was able to work through it. Oh, so much so. And it's when you get to that place of being able to take charge or take control, whatever words work for you, but just to know that your confidence is built enough that you can move through the fears, you can move through the inner and, and, and outer feedback that you're receiving, often unfairly or unwarranted. Um, and unasked for but you can move through that and this is that energy of the quiet rebel that I as I, I think when we were chatting I, earlier and I shared some information with you that I've come to understand this in my you know approaching a big milestone birthday next year and come to really connect with my own inner rebel and realize how powerful she is and how much she's like yeah no we're not doing it that way anymore we're carving our own you know path in the world and we're going to do it our way and we don't need to know all the answers and I, I uh, as a the majority of the work that I do is as a business coach and work with business and mindset. And I also teach a coaching certification to women in business. When you talk about that in the Thrive Factor in a moment, maybe. But the I ran a mastermind group this year for the first time. It was definitely coming back next year. And I called it the Rebel Woman Mastermind. And I loved the diversity of the women that were attracted into that language. Yeah, you know, and a lot of them who said, like, I'm not, but I'm not really a rebel. And then they, we, as we had a, a very open conversation about what rebellion really is. And it is about, in my mind, in my um, expression and my view in the way that I have worked with so many incredible women that I see connect in with that inner rebel, it is the that part of us that's, that does take charge and knows that she doesn't have to follow all of the things she's been told she must do, should do and have to do. But she doesn't do it with a lot of noise and a lot of fanfare. She just gets on with it. And yeah. that to me is the quiet rebel. It's like, yeah, I don't need to make a big song and dance about this. I just am going to, I've got what I want to do. I've got my vision. I've got my goals. I've got my my determination and I'm packing them all in my bag with some sass and some, you know, some color and whatever it is that works for me because yep. that's my uniqueness. And I am moving forward in the world. And it's, I uh, think, such a beautiful uh, energy. Absolutely. I, one of the things that you said back there was when you said, I'm, well, I'm not a rebel. I think it's really interesting mm -hmm. when we start having these candid conversations, these really open, you know, bringing up things that aren't quite right, bringing up things that shining lights on things that don't make sense anymore for us mm -hmm. as adults, you know, as adults and as people who are growing and becoming more empowered and who we are. I think that when we start shining lights on them, it, it's, it's incredible how many people start identifying with it. So That's when cool. it's, a, it's yeah. a, I, I know that you are in business online and I'm also in business online and mm -hmm. I call it, you know, market education. And 
it's it's not so much market education, but that that works in my brain because I, I think very uh, marketing based in yes. my in my brain is it's very strategic. But the thing that I keep coming back to is the more conversations that we have about this stuff, this you know this rebellion, this um, this good girl conditioning, these things that we put up with from our childhood, or things that we have have kind of been told as adults and and clung to because that's what was safe for us in that time the more that we start talking about them the more other people are going to identify with it and realize hey that's not right that yeah. I or 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 yes I have been through that or yes this is how I identify now and I think yeah. it's just all about uh-huh. that awareness and, and oh, opening yeah. people up to realizing what they are going through agree with you so much Ali and you know you and I both working yeah online in the business space with business women because of the kinds of work that we do in our businesses we see I think a different or we're exposed to for want of a better way to say a different kind of woman who does have a different kind of determination and energy yeah uh, than a lot of women in the world and and yet still she can be trapped and you know fall into what I would call an arrested state where she feels like she can't move forward because of that conditioning and because of the but who am I kind of energy and what who you know the, and then you can throw back the well who are you not to but again at the same time we're also being told all the time by reputable marketers that I think you want to listen to that you need to be more you you need to be original you need to be yourself so there's this whole duality yeah. going on inside about well how do I be more me when I don't necessarily know what that is because I'm I've got all these other things that have been present in my life from childhood right the way through to however old I am now that's telling me I have to show up a certain way or be a certain way or say certain words or dress a certain way because I'm a, this kind of a woman. Um, it just fascinates me. The exactly. whole psychology behind it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. There's something about it that is very stressful when you start a business mm-hmm. because you realize that not only are you starting a business, but you have to start self-work as well. And yes. I think a lot of people don't realize how hand in hand mental health and the health of your business are they're they're very intertwined if you're not healthy then your business can't be healthy and you need to you know Mm. yeah and you have to um you have to know how to support yourself and you have to know how to support your personal needs and that means looking over you know certain pillars of your life how's your diet how's your how are your water habits you know what are you are you exercising are you journaling are you Yes. you know, are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. And then, com- you know, also, you. yeah, it's, a, yeah. It's, it's very holistic. And then looking at your business and doing the same thing, learning how to audit your body learning how to audit your, your personal life, I think is very important. Yeah. So valuable. And I, uh, you know, I remember back to the early days of being in business and I had the great benefit I now know in hindsight of growing up with small business owners all around me. Both my grandmothers were business owners. So both my my mum and my dad's mothers were business owners, which was quite unusual to have that kind of influence, right? And my mum's mum was still actively working multiple businesses. She's what we would definitely call a serial entrepreneur. The other grandparents um, had retired by the time I was a child, but and um, I was very much aware that the business they'd had as a family business was most definitely run by my grandmother. <laughs> so yeah. you know, my nana was, <laughs> was in charge. And I just love the stories and love the opportunity to, you know, to work 
you know, with the the one grandmother that was still in her business and she had retail spaces. Interestingly, I don't really like working with retail, like clients who are in retail. <laughs> um, that's because I say I started my shop work and learning about marketing in shops when I was about eight. But, the, you know, I grew oh, wow. up with that, knowing that it was possible as a woman to be, to have a business and to earn an income that you could live off like beautifully. So when I stepped out of the corporate world and into my own business nearly 16 years ago, I now see that the mindset I had about that was so valuable compared to many of the women I have worked with as clients over the years who still question whether they can actually run a business because they never had a, you know, a role model or someone in their life as a female who was doing that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Again, that's, that's another influence of the, can you do this? And, you know, and, and who do you think you are at, you know, whatever age you are to think you can start a business, you know, and then mm-hmm. quiet rebel goes, you watch me <laughs> yeah, exactly. and gets on with it. <laughs> I think yeah. it's very interesting. The way that I personally grew up was a very, uh, um, I like to say that my grandparents cherry picked the things that worked for them from the Bible and then kind of applied it, uh, molded it into this religion that worked really well for them in their home and for my patriarchal grandfather's agenda. Um, and so he was very, he was always very, uh, he, he reigned over everything kind of a thing. And when he would teach me skills, I, I find this very interesting because they were very if you are growing up and if you are female, then you are in the kitchen and you are cooking and you are cleaning and you are taking care of your men. And mm-hmm. when you hit a certain age, then you're married off and that's it. And, and you do the same thing for him. And my grandfather, for all of his flaws, also taught me to always have something to fall back on. And so he was always saying he's a serial entrepreneur himself. He's a painter, yeah. he's an artist, he's a writer, you know, he's all the things. Um, but for me, he was always saying, you know, well, let's get you music lessons. Let's get you art lessons. Let's get you, you know, and it was all, and obviously it was all like the, the things that are acceptable for females to, to, you know, participate in (laughs) the the genteel things, the, the, the feminine things. But that being said, I think it's very important as we are raising our children in 2021 and beyond that we're teaching them those skills to fall back on because you're right a lot of us don't have we don't have grandparents or parents or anyone around us who's showing us that you can run your business and make money online or make money you know doing whatever you want or however you want to do it and I think that when that when, when you age and you become an adult and you have a skill to fall back on it is phenomenal I, I know that there were times when I was uh, struggling in my in my early 20s and I would take on violin students and that mm. was the way that I would pay my bills and I was like this is this is gonna work for me I put in the work and now it's gonna work for me work. and I that's I think that's kind of how that how that pans out yeah yeah no definitely but I think one of the other really important things is we're stepping into this space of breaking out of our you know good girl or whatever you know conformity has been being dealt us I guess is one way to put it is to mm-hmm. to invest in not only just general personal development and being mindful as we said about that holistic view of life and business but to also invest significantly in self-awareness yeah and being incredibly mindful of who you are and to find the right ways for you to understand yourself so that you can understand 
the strengths that you have and understand where challenges may rise and what that may look like and you know to be aware of emotional intelligence right through to energy and like there's just so many different dimensions of that and so this is definitely calling back to my um my background and <laughs> pre-studying my business in in counseling and therapy and um I created over oh goodness me nearly 12 years ago now a framework called the Thrive Factor, which is a self-awareness framework based on principles of ancient archetype psychology. And it was created specifically for women. And in my lifetime, it will stay just for women. Uh, but it's about tapping us into our you know, ancient innate potential, but from a perspective of psychology and looking at wow. well, what are our strengths and what are our potential challenges. And I use the word potential very specifically because there are 12 archetypes in this framework, Ali. And like in my own personal profile, I have four. You might have four, yeah. you might have six. So the differences that we have in our own unique profile may mean that some of the challenges, if you looked at an archetype individually, may not actually exist for you because of another archetype you have in your profile. So we talk about potential challenges, which really calls to or speaks to the traditional archetypal psychology principle of our shadow. And knowing what our shadow self is, is one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves. And when we look at it at psychology and we understand what shadow is, it's often the parts of ourselves that we have tried to ignore, we don't like, we have, that's where the, the voices of criticism and judgment and ego come in. Yeah. And so much of the time it's, it comes that in denying all of these aspects of ourselves and, and trying to prevent ourselves experiencing these challenges in, a, you know, in their shadow form, we are denying ourselves the, the, to really be able to build a relationship with the gifts and the wisdom that we have because we're not all, all light and all, all, you know, all bright, shiny strengths and we're not yeah. all shadow and challenges. We are both and this is the importance of understanding from an emotional intelligence perspective that we are duality and we can have the extremes of emotion in fact, not we just can have, we do have them, them running together within us all the time. And that when we can integrate all these parts of ourselves, then we are able to live a more fulfilled life. And in the words that I use, a thriving life, which is why the framework is called the Thrive Factor. Absolutely. I mm -hmm. love that you take both the, the light and the dark or the negative yeah. and the positive. And yeah. I mean, a battery can't be a battery without having negative and positive. That's right. It can't right. it can't power anything. No. And just like the you know, good girl conditioning, it's so interesting that when we use the word negative or shadow or darkness, that mm -hmm. that brings up a, a a not good kind of feeling or a not good state. And yet it doesn't have to be like that. It's about how as human beings and in our the world where ego is so present, we've attached meaning to those things. Yeah? Exactly. So, yeah. And uh, if you think about ravines. And have you ever seen those pictures of, I mean, I mean, obviously you live in a, a beautiful country, so yeah. you probably have seen things like this, but those ravines that are of redstone and they are just smooth and, and ripply on the sides. And, and you think, oh my God, that's just stunning. Like I, I'm, I'm just blown away by how beautiful this is, but that couldn't have been that way if that didn't have the pressure of so much water yeah. um, shaping right. it for so long and, and, yeah. and, you know, rubbing away things that weren't to remain in order yeah. for it to, 
to be as beautiful as it is. And I no, think we look at too. other people and we think, oh my God, they're just such an amazing, like Oprah or, or whoever you look up to in the online space or whoever you look up to outside the online space. And, and you think, my God, they're just so beautiful. But you don't see the darkness no it, uh, that that shaped them and made them into who they are today. I mean, you can't, you literally can't lead someone if you haven't been through it yourself. That's and I right. think that that is so important to take yeah. into whatever, you know, whatever work or whatever niche you decide to go into, whatever business you're doing. If you're leading from a place of I've been here and now I want to help you get through it in a shorter time than it took me. I think it's a, a matter of I'm going to show you a shortcut and it's up to you if you want to take it, but here's how, you know, here's what I learned from what yeah. I went through. No, and that's, that's it. it's, it's of such incredible value. I use the word ingenious and ingeniousness a lot mm-hmm. when I'm referring to the kinds of women that work with me uh, and that are also um, come and become part of the Thrive Factor community and trained to be Thrive Factor coaches. And they are ambitious they are bold. They are quite definitely quiet rebels, um, but they also have this depth of wisdom that often they're only just coming to understand. And when I talk about wisdom and being ingenious, I talk about the ingenious is the application or the, the expression of your wisdom, whereas your wisdom is the combination of your lived and learned experience. But the just having oh, a learned love experience is not enough. It has to also be a lived experience. I completely agree. If you haven't been through it, then you don't yeah. know how it feels. And a lot of this is a, obviously a kind of an epidemic that we have in the online business space right now mm. is we have a lot of coaches who are blind leading the blind. And I know that that's, that is all obviously like a whole topic. <laughs> that's a yeah, whole topic for another day. Another, but... Yeah, another conversation. <laughs> exactly. <time. laughs> exactly. But I do think that there is something to be said for when you've been through it and knowing the emotions that are tied to it, knowing the importance of how you felt in that moment, and then being able to relate that back and saying, I've been there and here's how mm. I felt. And then that person looks at you and says, oh my God, I feel the same way. And it's mm-hmm. that bond, that that same, like we were talking about with COVID, it's that same experience that bonds people together. And when you're bonded, you're more likely to listen. And when you're bonded, you're more likely to let yourself be guided by someone who's been through it before. Oh we, got, yeah. we got marriage counseling when I was, uh, before I was actually married to my ex-husband, we got this sort of like, pre-marital counseling and I remember thinking I don't want a relationship like theirs I don't I don't want to be led by them because I don't want what they have and when you're looking for a coach and you're seeking someone out who can help you obviously you're looking for someone who's been through what you've been through but also now lives the life that you want to live Mm. and I think that's so important when you look at like you for example are in a certain place in your life where other women are able to look at you and say, Oh my God, I want that. And you're like, I can show you how, you know, that's it. I think the other important thing, and again, this is potentially getting off the topic of the whole coaching industry and some of the challenges in it right (laughs) now. But the thing that I find also most important from, you know, for, for women who are out there coaching, mentoring, guiding, supporting others 
is to definitely come from that space of your wisdom and your ingeniousness and your lived and learned experience, but to also work with your clients in a way where they're able to take ownership for themselves, to understand self-accountability and self-responsibility. And while we may say, this is how I did it, this is how I felt, or this is what the, the result I got, to be able to frame that for our clients so that we can also say to them, it's not about giving them permission because they, they don't necessarily need that at all, but but in some ways permission is the right a kind of word to say, but if you find your way, like you, you know, you don't have to do the exact same thing that I did. I'm I'm here to support you and to chat with you and work with you and teach you and guide you, however we, you know, or however is required, so that you can actually carve your own path and find your own way so that it works with you and is in alignment. So from a Thrifactor perspective, all the coaching I do and the Thrifactor coaches do, we bring it back to the woman's archetypes all the time. And we yeah. can work with women irrelevant of what their archetypal you know, profile is, what their Thrifactor profile is. And it all comes back to these, are the, you know, reminding them, these are the strengths you have. These are the potential challenges that may arise. This is what we do with them so that we can bring them back to this is who you are all the time. So, yeah, this is how I did it. This is what I've learned. This is my experience. This is how another client that has a similar archetype to you did this. But this is how you could do it. So you're really giving them that opportunity to really create that I- internal confidence and clarity and, and bring that quiet rebel to life. Yes, take exactly. on the world if that's what she wants to do, or just take on her immediate family if that's what she wants to do. <laughs> yeah. That is that's a really good point right there. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that I wanted to say was when when you're a successful coach, it is all about nurturing potential in a mm. client. It's it's just about showing potential, and I yeah. think sometimes you know when when we've been when, when we acknowledge our conditioning and we look at it and we say, okay, I, I have the, or I have the tendency to do X, Y, Z. A lot of the time we get trapped in that and we get trapped in what we tend to do, or we get trapped in former trajectories of situations that we've dealt with in the past situations, how we reacted. And we're like, this defines me. This is who I am. And a coach comes through a lot of the time and can point out and say, but there's potential here. And here's the potential for, for an alternate path. And here's how you can react. Here are tools that I'm going to give you in order for you to grow as a person. And it's mm. not about telling them how to go about it. You know, mm. like, fact, yeah, you, you could do step one, two, three, but you know, yeah, who knows it's going to work for you. I know, but equally that is, you know, going against what coaching methodology actually is. It's not advice. Given exactly. It. You know, I call that prescriptive coaching and it's actually not really coaching at all, <laughs> you know, but there are plenty out there who are doing it that way. And, you know, but um, I think, you know, be yeah. mindful. And I, I I get the sense that the women that are going to listen to your awesome podcast are going to have intelligence. They're going to have some ingeniousness and they're trusting themselves. Oh, and they're making their choices about who they, in, you know, who they invest in and who they learn from and who they work with. And that they can, you know, I love it when a client says to me, you know, the thing we talked about and I said I would, I might try that because it sounded good to me. So I've decided I'm not going to. I was like, good. I'm so proud of you for being able to reflect on that. And I love that. Shared, but you've also said, no, I don't think I want to do it. And it's not coming from a place of fear or I think it's going to fail. So I won't do it. It's coming from a, I've considered this and I don't feel it's going to be right for me, I'm going to try this way. And that's what I say. I'm, yeah. I, I want you to say no to me, but I want you to say no 
um, not because you feel like you uh, in in rebe- rebellion in the wrong kind of way or you're being right. told what to do because I won't ever tell anyone what to do but you're saying no because you've considered really truly what's right for you you've thought about the true alignment you've considered your archetypes because of that you know the trifactor comes into the way that I work with my clients and you have also got an alternate solution that you're going to try so absolutely mm. absolutely now, the listeners who are tuning into this episode today mm. are going to want to follow you and find you. So Which, if there yeah. is a way <laughs> that they can connect with you, what is that? Yeah. So the, the best way to get on top of or to you know connect with me in all the social media places, like I've, I've just joined and opened up a, a channel to talk all things Trifactor on Telegram. I love Instagram. That's my first platform I go to all the time. I do, I am on Facebook, you know, that's, that's where you and I connected, Ali, and also mm-hmm. websites. But the place to get everything is to actually go to my website. I've got a one page that's got all the links. So that's thrivefactorco.com forward slash, and that's Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N dash done, D-U-N-N. So lots of N's there, dash links. <laughs> So yeah, got got the five Love ends it. happening. <laughs> so that is the everybody. All of the links to all my social media um, stuff, the so YouTube and as I said, Telegram and Instagram and Facebook, plus whatever programs I have, whatever masterminds I've got going on, whatever masterclasses I'm running, I update this, you know, two or three times a week sometimes. And it's also got information about the Thrive Factor, doing the coaching certification. But also if you want to be profiled and actually learn what your Trifactor archetypes are, you can do that as well. So there's links to all of those things on that page. I'm personally very interested in the archetypes. So yes, <laughs> I will be checking good. that out myself. Good, good, good. <laughs> I'd love to. It was my greatest story. I think I pro, I don't, I didn't keep tally at the beginning, but I would say based on the fact that I've been working with this framework. I just said I first started creating it in 2009, first published things and used it with clients in 2010. So we're coming up for 12 years next year. I've definitely personally profiled in excess of a thousand women. So oh, wow. it's one of my greatest things to do is to introduce a woman to her archetypes and to yeah. again connect her in, tap her into innate potential and just you know, give her the gift of this is who you are. And it's such a joy. You know, I get everything from laughing at different aspects of themselves when they're like oh my goodness I can't believe you know that about me (laughs) through to like beautiful tears to sliding down someone's face as they're like and they'll say to me things like oh my goodness I actually like myself or oh that thing that I've always you know thought was the worst thing about me oh my goodness now I can see what a gift it is and I was like it's such a privilege there is nothing like waking up and and Mm -hmm. and someone showing you and reading to you something about yourself and yes. hearing it back is like, oh, just like yeah. relief and, and yeah. excitement. And yeah, I, yes. I'm, I'm really excited to check that out. And I know that yeah, everybody please. else will. Um, I will put all of the links that Shannon has mentioned into the comments below so that you guys can check those out. They're show mm-hmm. notes. Um, and I'm, I'm just so honored to have had you on the show, Shannon. Well, thank you so much. It was so good to connect. And here we are, you know, American you who is in Scotland and I'm in Australia. We've got a truly global <laughs> conversation. I love it. <laughs> so good, I love it. I've cool had a blast. Yeah, we can sit in, in all these different parts of the world and still have such a great combination, conversation and connection. And yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. And if, if anyone does follow me, um, I'm definitely my, my DMs on Instagram are, are most definitely open. Please tell tell me, like message me and tell me that you heard heard me here on Ali's podcast and what you loved about our conversation because I would 
get such a buzz out of hearing that and love to chat to you. Yes, absolutely. Go message Shannon. It has been an honor to spend time with you today. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about working with me one-on-one, you can visit xoxoaformergoodgirl.com and click on one-on-one coaching. I will see you next time.